much time. Thanks to our amazing worship team. How beautiful was that to start in worship, hey? There is nothing we can do without God and you can never have too much prayer. So would you join with me as we just prepare our hearts to hear from God tonight? Lord, we just wanna come before you with open hearts. And we pray that you would help us to be humble, to receive your word, Lord. We just wanna invite your spirit into this place and ask that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, reveal the areas in our lives where you wanna work, where you wanna bring revival, Lord. We're so expectant for what you wanna do tonight and the power of your spirit, Lord. So I pray that your word would be received by humble hearts, Lord. Help us to put aside any preconceptions and just be so ready for the truth that you wanna give us tonight. We pray these things in your name, amen. I'd love to extend my welcome as well. It is fantastic to have you with us. And if it's your first time tonight, can I just say, we are so glad that you're here. Please stick around, we'd love to meet you, we'd love to welcome you into our family and a very special welcome for those joining us online. I thought we'd start by doing something a little bit different tonight and um, it's your two favourite words, audience participation. Uh Uh-huh, yep, I can feel the enthusiasm, it's so exciting. So I thought we'd start off with a bit of a questionnaire and if you're online, you can join us too but you're not allowed to Google, okay? No Googling allowed. And the first question is this, what is so special about today? The first option is, is it World Environment Day? It's on the screen there, excellent. Is it National Gingerbread Day? Is it National Veggie Burger Day? Or is it Pentecost Sunday? Have a chat with the person next to you. If you're online, you can post your answers in the chat too. Rob, I'm sure you've got some opinions on this one. Have a minute to chat about it. I think that's probably long enough to pick one of four answers. Now the 4 p.m. service did this really well. By a show of hands, anyone think it's National Gingerbread Day? Oh, we've got some at the back, excellent. There's a couple there. How about National Veggie Burger Day? Oh, we've got, yeah, okay, excellent. What about World Environment Day? The environment's so important. Excellent, we've got a few more. And anyone for Pentecost Sunday? Yeah, there we are. Okay, so this was a little bit of a trick question. Um, It's actually all of those days. Well done up the back, you nailed it. So if you haven't yet had gingerbread or a veggie burger, it may be time to do that after the service. You've still got time. Veggie burgers for dinner. But yes, it is Pentecost Sunday today and that is the day that I want you to pay special attention to. And Pentecost was the day that God poured out His Spirit onto the disciples. Which brings us to the second question. When was the Holy Spirit first mentioned in the Bible? Your options are the first page, halfway through, maybe around the prophets, at Jesus' birth, or Pentecost Sunday. Have a chat as well. If you're online, post your answers there. Have a chat, have a discussion.
Okay. Let's do the hands again. Anyone for the first page, the very first page? Oh, we've got quite a few. Oh, interesting, interesting. Anyone for the prophets? No, no prophets. Jesus' birth and Pentecost Sunday. Got a few. Well, most of you were right. It is, in fact, the very first page of the Bible. In fact, we see in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, that the Holy Spirit is first mentioned there. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Before we look at the day of Pentecost, I wanted to take some time to set the foundations for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a what, but a who. He is God Himself, the personal presence, the personhood of God. He is all-powerful, all-present, and has been God since the very beginning of time, just as we saw in Genesis when God walked alongside his people. God's greatest desire is to be in relationship with us, for us to know him intimately, for us to know how much he loves us and to love him with our whole hearts in return. But God and his people were separated by our sin. And so if you're familiar with the Old Testament or even if you're not, God made a promise to his people called a covenant. He called them to be set apart from all the other nations of the world, to be a holy representative of Him so that God could make His presence and His Spirit known to them. If we take a look at Exodus chapter 19, verses 17, it says that after God made this covenant promise with His people, Moses, the leader at the time, brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain, Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. But you see, the people were too afraid and they would not go up the mountain to meet with God. So he came to them. So God instructed his people to make a place where he could dwell among them called the tabernacle. If we take a look in Exodus 40, it says that God's presence was on the tabernacle as a cloud by day and a fire by night all throughout Israel's journeys. Again, later in the Old Testament, when the Israelites had been given the promised land, God said for them to make a permanent place for his presence, his spirit to dwell with them, the temple. If we take a look in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, it says, as soon as Solomon finished his prayer, when the temple was complete, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Are you starting to see a bit of a pattern here? The people had separated themselves from God, but God pursued them and invited them to come into his presence. When they were too afraid, God came to them and made his dwelling among them in the tabernacle and the temple. His presence and his glory 
was represented by fire. But you see, there's a problem with this. Because of God's holiness and because of our sinfulness, only the priests had access to God's personal presence and spirit. And this isn't what God wanted. He wanted everyone to experience his presence. And he told his people this in Jeremiah 33. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. Talking of the covenant we just looked at. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. God is telling his people of a day when they will know him intimately, know him personally, where they will all experience his presence and his spirit. God speaks of a day when he will make a new covenant with the people that they cannot break and their sins will be forgiven once and for all. A day when God's spirit will be in the people's hearts and minds. So at the end of the Old Testament, it sets the scene for God's people waiting. Waiting for this new covenant fulfillment. Waiting to experience God's presence personally. And if you can remember seven weeks ago, I know it's a long time ago, but we saw the fulfillment of this covenant in Resurrection Sunday. We celebrated this. God made a way through Jesus to make a covenant that didn't depend on rules or our ability to live holy lives because just like it says in Jeremiah, we would break it, just like the Israelites. So God sent Jesus as a sacrifice to atone for our sins and to remove them from us once and for all. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God. He says in Acts chapter one, verse three, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples waited. They did as Jesus instructed them and they waited 10 days, praying, waiting, praying, seeking God until Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost is a Jewish festival that falls in the middle of three harvest festivals. It celebrates the beginning of the wheat harvest. And you see Jews from tribes and nations and all languages coming together to meet in Jerusalem 
And this is what happened in Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Let's jump down to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit to all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Let's go down to verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Jesus replied, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptised and 3,000 were added to that number that day. I don't want you to miss the significance of this. Never before had God's Spirit been poured out on so many. Never before did the people have access to God's personal, powerful presence. The power and the glory of God now dwells in His people just like He had always, always wanted. Don't miss this. All throughout the Old Testament, the presence of God's Spirit was represented by fire. And now we see God's presence, His Spirit, resting on the people in tongues of fire at Pentecost. His people are now the temples of the Holy Spirit. And it says that in 1 Corinthians. And this isn't a gift just for the apostles. And Peter says that in verse 39. The Holy Spirit is for everyone who repents in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians 1. He says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. God sent His Spirit to dwell in His people. And if you've accepted the gracious gift of forgiveness through Jesus' death, and resurrection and have allowed God into your life. You have the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty living within you, the same Spirit that lives inside Jesus. God's people can now know Him powerfully, 
personally and intimately. Through the Spirit, we are adopted into Christ's family as sons and daughters. If we take a look at Romans 8 verse 14, it shows us that the Spirit gives us an intimacy and relationship with God the Father that we've never had before. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so you can, that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The most intimate name you can call your Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. But to what purpose? Why? What does the Holy Spirit do when he lives within us? Jesus made it very clear to his disciples that the power of the Holy Spirit was to be used for. He told his disciples to wait for the power so that they could be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to spread his love, to tell people of the new life they have available in Christ, Remember back then, no one knew about this. No one knew that Jesus had raised from the dead, that Jesus had a new life on offer for people. And today there are some that still don't. This great commission is for all of God's people. From the day the Holy Spirit was poured out until the day that Jesus returns, we are to testify about his goodness through the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is described as our advocate, our counsellor, our friend, our comfort, our strength. He works to glorify and magnify the Son, Jesus, by drawing us to Him, showing us how desperately we need Jesus by convicting us of our sin and then working in us to give us new life in Christ's likeness. When you give your life to Christ, your body becomes a temple of God's spirit to help you live as a Christian. You cannot be a Christ follower without the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to the question, does the Holy Spirit live within you? Do you see the fruit of the spirit in your life? Do you see the manifestations of the spirit in your everyday life? If the answer is no, Paul tells us in Romans 8, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Theologian John Stott says that without the Holy Spirit, there can be no life without the life giver. No understanding without the spirit, no Christ-likeness of character apart from his fruit, no effective witness without his power. As a body without breath is a corpse, So the church without the Spirit is dead. And I know that sounds harsh. And I know there are people who may hear this and feel quite convicted. But God loves you more than that. He loves you enough to want more for you than just living a moral life, going to church. Because you don't need the Spirit for that. 
too often we deceive ourselves by thinking the Christian journey is just about inviting God into our journey in life. Come on, God, come along. This is what I want to do. But the Christian life is the complete opposite. The Christian life is about giving up your life and saying to God, God, I will obey you wherever you lead me, whatever you ask of me. If you ask me to give up everything, everything I own, my dreams, my career, my family, every desire, Lord, even if it means humiliation and persecution, I will do it. Because that's when you need the Spirit. That's when you need the Holy Spirit's empowerment, strength, guidance, wisdom and truth to step into the fullness of life that God created you for. A life in service to loving Him and loving His people. The Spirit enables us to do what we are not capable of. And He gives us the glorious reward of joy in denying ourselves our wants, our dreams and desires, and instead serving Him with everything that we've got. When I was preparing for this sermon, I had to do some serious self-reflection, like I mean serious self-reflection. And as I reflected on where I've seen the Spirit in my life, I actually found myself weeping for us, for you, for me, for our community and our church. My heart was broken for people who do not know the power of God's Spirit, His personal presence living, living in you. God wants you to know that there is so much more to the Christian life that we can sometimes be content with. He wants you to know what it's like to be comforted by the Spirit to feel God's presence around you, just sitting there and feeling His love wrap over you. He wants you to know what it's like to cry out in pain only to be wrapped in a blanket of peace. He wants you to know how what it feels like to have an assurance and a confidence in Christ that is unshakable, to read the Scriptures and have God's Word jump right off the pages and into your heart. He wants you to hear His voice whisper in your ear, to have God's Spirit speak to you intentionally, intimately, and personally. God wants you to see healing by His Spirit, to have visions and dreams of the Kingdom of God, to love people as your own brothers and sisters, and to experience Experience the power, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and become a brand new creation in Christ's likeness. He wants you to know the fullness, the hope and the freedom of a life guided by the Holy Spirit. And I know that I'm far from perfect. I know that I'm still missing out on the fullness that God wants for my life. But tonight, I just ask that you join me in pursuing it. That you join me in making a commitment to God, to His Holy Spirit that lives within us. That we wouldn't settle for less than the fullness of what God wants for us. That we would hunger after God and His kingdom. 
that we would be obedient to his promptings and be led by the Spirit every day of our lives. You see, today we remember the first revival, the establishment of God's kingdom in his people. And tonight we can start the next one. And it starts with a hungry heart that wants to experience and see the work of the Holy Spirit in their life and the lives of those around them. It also starts with prayer. As Ty mentioned, this week marks the start of our week of prayer. And we would so love for you to join us as we earnestly seek God's will for our community. We earnestly seek the Spirit's guiding for our lives to be led by Him, to see a transformative work, a revival in our community and a revival in our own personal lives. You see, God's will for your life is not some far off plan. It's action today. Francis Chan says, God cares more about our response to the Holy Spirit's leading today in this moment than about what we intend to do next year. In fact, the decisions we make next year will be profoundly affected by the degree to which we submit to the Spirit right now. Right now in today's decisions, God wants to see His children stake everything on His power and His presence in their lives, to live in a way that people look at your life and know that you cannot do it apart from God. So tonight, as an act of obedience, as an act of commitment to a Spirit-guided life, when we worship, we want to invite you to come down the front. We have anointing oil here, and we would love to commission you and pray for you as you step into a Spirit-guided life. You step into the work that God has planned for you today. I heard a really good story from Men's Retreat already. Can you believe it? And Tim Hannah told this story of a, an African impala, if you've ever heard of them. It's about the size of a medium-sized dog. It has the power to jump 10 feet in the air and 30 feet across. But if you build a wall no more than knee high, it cannot jump over it because it can't see what's on the other side. We have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in us with the power to do incredible work. Yet so often if we can't see what's on the other side, we won't obey, we won't do it. We're too afraid to take that leap of faith to step into what God is calling us to if we can't see it. That's the power of the Spirit. That's when the Spirit comes in. I'd like to invite the band to come back up. And I actually just want to spend the moment in quiet reflection. I'd invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you're comfortable to do so, I just invite you to open your hands out in front of you in a posture of humble surrender to receive what God has promised you to take hold of God's promise of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna ask you this question. If the Holy Spirit does not live within you, 
If you have not invited Him into your life, do you want to do that tonight? Do you want to experience the new life and the freedom that is found in a life guided by the Holy Spirit? And if you have got the Holy Spirit in your life, do you wanna see more? Do you wanna see more of God's empowering every single day? Do you wanna experience the gifts of His Spirit every single day? Do you wanna hear His Word? Do you wanna see Him work in the hearts of those around you? Because there is more and it is a free gift. God wants to give it to you tonight. All He wants is for you to experience His presence, to know Him personally and for His Spirit to dwell within you. And if this is you, would you join me in praying this in your heart? Heavenly Father, we know we cannot live perfect lives. We know we are broken and flawed We know we have hurt you and we've hurt others, Father. Would you forgive us? We thank you for that new covenant that you made through Jesus, that through Jesus, we are washed clean. Through Jesus, we have new life. And through your Spirit, we are your children, Lord. We wanna take hold of that tonight. Father, we just ask that you would pour out your Spirit on us. We know the Spirit is here with us tonight. He lives in His people. We heard this morning how much more the Heavenly Father pour out the Holy Spirit on those who ask. So Father, we just come to You humbly and we ask, pour out out your spirit on us, Lord. We want more. We want to see more of you. We want to see your power, Father. We want to see you glorified here on earth. Lord, we commit these things to you now. Amen. We're going to worship now and invite you to stand. And if you feel prompted, we'll have our prayer team and the pastors down the front. We would love to pray with you. We would love to anoint you and commission you for the work God wants to do through you, through the power of His Spirit. If you want a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray over you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, it would be our great, great honour to pray with you. Why don't we worship our good Lord now?
every stronghold will crumble. Hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Oh Lord, we are asking, Lord, that you would pour it out, that you would pour it out, great God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are such a good Father. You are the greatest gift giver. And the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift we could ever receive. And we ask, Lord, that we would receive Your Holy Spirit. What I really pray, great God, is that the Spirit's voice would be so clear in our life that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. That is what I pray, Lord. We would, there would be so much discernment, Lord, for what are the lies of Satan and what is the Spirit of truth. And I pray that we would listen to Your truth and we would experience new life in You. And we thank You, Jesus. We thank You for who You are. In Your Name we pray. Amen. It has been amazing to have you at our 6pm service. We are just about to go um, into a time of extended worship, but we're going to have about five minutes um, just for you to very, um, you're very welcome um, to depart if you need to leave. Um, very welcome to do that. But I just wanna let you know the team are staying down the front here. So please, even in this time, as we're just waiting to start worshiping again, please feel free to come down. We would love to continue to pray and anoint you. Um, and the same way for those online, we are praying for you too, um, that you would know the Spirit in your life. Um, so feel free to take a seat. Um, come down for prayer right now and we're gonna uh, continue to worship in about five minutes time. If you are heading off, have a great week.
amazing. We are going to jump back into worship together. Um, and I really wanted to encourage you in this time. Um, this is a real free time of extended worship. So if you would like to come down the front and worship with the crew down the front or uh, where you are, dance where you are, just really, I really want you to feel so comfortable to worship in the God, God in the way that you really feel led tonight. Um, so we're just about to do that now. I just wanted to share a really quick word uh, before we uh, worship together. I was praying um, for this time that we're gonna be spending with one another. And, and God really led me to Luke 11. Um, and, I, and I just wanna read this to you in verse five. This is Jesus teaching about prayer. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And Jesus goes on to explain this. And He says, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And listen to this. Jesus goes in and explains it to a whole new sense. He says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And I really believe that this, this parable that Jesus says about knocking on the door, what is that? That is desperation. In being in a time of, of this person being hospitable, having people come into their house and they don't have what is required. So they are pleading for bread. They are pleading. And in the same way tonight, I want us to be pleading for the Holy Spirit to lead us. We, we actually need to be in a place where we truly know our deep need. And I know in my own life, even as I was worshipping, I went, man, like I, I am a sinful man. Why do I continue to sin? And it's just a reminder not, not to focus on that, but to focus on the Holy Spirit, listening to the truth. And I know I cannot follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And tonight, as we spend this time in worship, what I really want is I want us to be in a place where we are desperate. But what I also want us to do is not just focus on ourselves, but let's really support one another and pray for one another. This is a time of worship and prayer. And we are part of a community. So feel led if God lays on your heart to go and pray for someone to encourage them in the faith. Or if you want prayer by one of your friends or some of the crew, the prayer team or the pastors down the front, please do that. Let's be desperate for the Holy Spirit because God is a great gift giver. And He has said in His Word, ask and it will be given. 
If you ask for the Holy Spirit, it will be given. So let's worship God in this time, sing Him praise. But let's really, this is a time as a community where we are praying for one another. So feel free if you'd like to worship down the front here with each other. If you'd like to come down for prayer, stay where you are, kneel, dance, whatever. We are worshipping our great King. So let's jump on our feet right now. Feel free to stay seated if that's what you want to do too. But we are going to worship together now.
comfortable turn with some people that are around you right now if you if you feel comfortable we're going to be begin to pray pray for each other we're going to start praying for our city we're going to pray over our church and we're going to ask that the holy spirit moves powerfully so you, you feel comfortable you turn with a person maybe twos threes if you're not feeling comfortable with that that is completely fine you can just be in your own personal prayer but cry out to him
depression as well. So maybe you can even do that in your, your groups now, just uh, praying against. Praying against chains that may be on your life that you've been longing to be set free from. And Satan has them on your life because he knows if you are going to be released, you're going to be so effective for the kingdom of God. Or he doesn't want you to know life and life to the full. And so we want to pray into that. We want to pray against critical spirit. We want to pray against spiritual oppression. So will you pray into that just as your groups or if you feel that yourself and you'd love one of the pastors to pray for you.
That is such a privilege that we know the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank You that we've been able to spend this time together worshipping You, Jesus. And I just pray this week, Lord, as we go out, we would seek first the Kingdom of God. As I was praying there, Lord, we have these moments, but it's just, it's such a privilege, Lord, to start every day saying, Jesus, I wanna follow You and I wanna know the life that You have on offer. So I pray for every single one of us when we head home tonight, when we start our day tomorrow, for the rest of the week and really for the rest of our lives, Lord, that we would look to You. But I just right now, just in a heart of thankfulness, wanna thank You that we know You. And we pray for those that don't. And we pray, great God, that this week we would focus, Lord, on interceding for those that do not know You. Jesus Christ, we have the good news. And I pray, Lord, that we would be excited to share that. In Your holy and Your precious Name, Amen. It's been awesome to worship with You in this time. And I really wanna encourage you, um, if you haven't received prayer yet, and you're just thinking, oh man, I know I should, I would really like to, please come down the front. Uh, There's gonna be people down here. Please do that. 
Um, and we'll see you this week for our different times. of. We've got um, another time of um, worship on Tuesday night. It'd be amazing to have you out there, but different times of prayer during the week. Um, but have a great week. Great to see you tonight.